0: Welcome to the Work Positive Podcast with your host, executive coach and culture architect, Dr. Joey Fawcett. Discover strategies and tactics that work positive as Dr. Joey talks with industry leaders who create a positive work culture that attracts top talent and reduces team turnover. Discover how you can create a work positive culture that increases productivity and profits. Here's your host, Dr. Joey
1: Hey, Work Positive Nation, man, what a great day for you to listen to this episode of this podcast, because by the end of this podcast, you're going to want to work for the company they were talking about. Now, why why is that? And you're going to want to work for this woman who's my guest today. Why is that? Because American bankers rank them the best place to work in all of fintech for 2022. That's right. They sit at the top of the pile. They are numero uno, not just in their own minds, but in lots of other people's minds too, because American bankers rated them that way. They understand what it takes to create a positive work culture so that they increase productivity and profit. So I'm excited today. We get to have a conversation with the Executive Vice President of Business Operations for Empower financing and she is lana lodge lana welcome to work positive podcast
0: thanks for having me great to be here
1: oh delighted to have you so uh tell me how how in the world does a company get to be number one on the american bankers list for best workplaces in fintech
0: Starting with the easy question, then.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so
0: we're amongst really great company. Um, Fintech is filled with phenomenal companies that really focus on culture and attracting top talent. Right. I think what really sets us apart is. I think we're really thoughtful about two pieces of our employee experience. One is the recruiting process and the other is their experience once they're with Empower. We think a lot about what's important uh, to people, what's important to employees, where do they want to work and how do they want to feel during their day? And then we try to implement guidelines, policies, benefits that all help to shape that experience.
1: Mm, wow. and so, I think
0: that's, I can't say specifically how we were rated number one. But <laughs> I think that a combination of those things. Um, and, you know, it's becoming much more important to people to find purpose and impact in their work, mm. not just in the community service that they do on the weekends or volunteering at their kids' school or other areas, but they really want to feel like they're spending their time on things that are important to them and work. You spend so much time at work. Why not have that be a place where you're creating impact as well? And so Empower is able to provide that for quite a few people.
1: Oh, that's amazing. Uh, Yeah. In fact, studies indicate that 70% of all of our waking hours are spent at work. That's a lot of time.
0: It's a and, lot of time.
1: Yeah, d- depending on if it's the weekend and you sleep more, right? But, uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that in fact is most of our lives. I love what you just said, Lana, it, about aligning personal purpose and company purpose. How does that impact in, say, the recruiting process when you're helping a person understand their best fit within Empower?
0: I really like how you frame that because our interviews are very much about us finding the right fit and making sure that we're the right fit for the candidate as well. It's very much a two-way streak, yes. um, and I think that's forgotten in a lot of interviews as well. Uh, that you're selling and uh, putting your best foot forward and, and sharing your culture just as much as you're evaluating the skill set of the person joining. Mm. So for. Honestly, for us, it really starts with asking the right questions. So we, we don't ask questions like how many manhole covers are there in North America and expect the person to come up with some brilliant response. We're really asking
1: that, about- is that a for real question? So it's I, a,
0: I think that's a for real question that some, some employers ask and they claim it's to understand how somebody approaches problems and their thought process, uh-huh. but really it puts somebody on the spot and makes them just petrified, right? Because well. it's such an intimidating- way to ask. We ask about what's important to the candidate. What has been their most successful past experience? Where have they made the most impact? Uh-huh. How did they deal with adversity? Or if their idea wasn't implemented, right? If you have, you thought you had a phenomenal idea, but uh-huh. the company didn't implement it, how did you react to that? So uh-huh. we really think about what does it take to inspire somebody and how do we want to come across to the candidate? And then we focus our questions. So it's designing the question and the candidate experience to attract and then put through, right, to, to pull through the candidates that are most likely to be successful within your culture.
1: Mm, so you give the candidates an opportunity to reflect on their purpose, because some mm-hmm. may have, some may not have. They may think this is a monologue, you know, you're trying to sell them one <laughs> coming <laughs> rather than them interviewing you. Man, it's so important for job satisfaction. And, and so that's why I framed the question the way I did. Because you guys, in order to get to the top of the fintech pile, as you said, there's so many amazing companies there. In order for you guys to get there, you've got to be intentional about attracting top talent. And purpose alignment seems to me to be one of those key factors. So I'm, I'm delighted to hear the way that you organize the questions. And um, unless you're a man cover manufacturer, I have no idea why you <laughs> Let's immediately make you feel uncomfortable, shall we? (laughs) We want to see how you operate. What are some other ways that you would empower, really attract top talent?
0: Sure. So I started out by saying we think about what's important to employees. And I think comfortably we can say it's a couple of things. So one is we just talked about purpose and impact. The Mm -hmm. other, people want to work on something cool and engaging. That's part of the tech piece, the FinTech side of it, right? So I think we have that going for us. And then certainly being recognized, compensated fairly, and having a place to grow, right? So those are really the three pieces that we think people care about the most. And so our recruiting process is designed to highlight our culture and really understand also the motivators for employees who are joining us. If it's entirely compensation-based and they have no connection to our mission, they may they may be a retention risk, they may not have the longevity to really contribute to the growth. We also want to be really clear and upfront about what Empower stands for, what our values are, and how somebody can make impact. We're still very much a fast-growing startup. We're very lean. And so people have a lot of opportunity for breadth of impact, both on the social side and on the business side. Mm-hmm. And so looking for people who are motivated by those pieces helps us really find new team members who are excited to join us.
1: Mm. Give us a snapshot of what it is Empower does, because I want people to understand your space within the fintech world.
0: Sure. So our mission is to remove financial barriers to higher education. We do that by providing student loans and scholarships to international students from about uh, 200 different countries coming to study in North America. So these are students coming from Mexico, China, uh, Colombia, India, and they're looking to study. Mainly, we support students who are pursuing their graduate degrees in science, technology, their MBA, law, and they're studying at top universities in the US and they have incredible potential, both in terms of their career aspirations and social impact themselves. Mm -hmm. They're looking for ways to contribute to their families back at home, to contribute to their communities back at home as well. And so they're usually not able to finance their educations. There's not a lot of scholarships available to international students coming Mm -hmm. to the US or Canada. They're certainly not eligible for US student loans, the federal student loans. And so Empower can be one of their only... Lifelines to obtaining the higher education that they think they need in order to grow within their career. Um, and so for us, our mission is really around access to education, financial inclusion, upward socioeconomic mobility for themselves, for their families, for their communities. And so we take that all incredibly seriously. I'm very passionate about it.
1: I'm hearing some social consciousness behind that. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, How does that fit into your mission in terms of attracting top talent?
0: Oh, so when we interview, we have a scorecard that we fill in for every single candidate and it's broken up really into a couple of different areas. Our really top thing is we look for four pieces of sort of empower fit. We're not looking for a cookie cutter view of experience and skills. We're not looking for specific demographic. Mm. We're looking around whether somebody is really aligning with our culture, our mission, and our values. And so we look for things like a global mindset. We look for entrepreneurial spirit. Mm. We look for um, mission alignment. And we certainly look for somebody who's passionate about education financial services, financial inclusion. And so we take sort of that mission for us, the social impact side and pull it through into that interview scorecard. when we make sure that we evaluate those pieces and really have that conversation with each candidate on every single interview.
1: Oh, wow. I love that. Mm. So it's it's right up front. And I like that phrase. We're very clear.
0: And we ask the question in a couple of different ways. Sometimes we can be very, very upfront. How do you feel about Empower's mission? Or are you personally aligned to our mission? And sometimes it's a lot more subtle of can you tell me about a time that you supported somebody in your community Mm. to pursue higher education or or whatever it may be? And, And we look for that personal connection.
1: Hmm. Wow, that's beautiful. Now, you said something really interesting a moment ago when you were talking about the reasons people might come to work for Empower. Compensation, you mentioned, is on that list, but it didn't sound like it's very high up on the list. And every study I've ever seen suggests that there are qualities much higher than compensation that help someone stay with a company. And so if they're just there for compensation, probably not going to last very long at Empire. How do you reduce team turnover then?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. So compensation is incredibly important. Mm -hmm. It's how our society places value and assesses people, right? And how some people assess their own success. Mm -hmm. And so not to minimize compensation, but you're right. If compensation is the only factor why somebody's joining your company, their tenure is going to be short. And there's always going to be somebody who's willing to pay them just a little bit more than you are. And so there has to be something else that engages them and connects them to the company. We think about retention, um, in a couple of different ways. One is we very much focus on creating a culture of respect, of transparency, clear expectations, inclusion. And meritocracy. And so I think if we can achieve success in some of those pieces, then we create a healthy culture where people feel listened to, where their ideas are welcome, where they're making the impact that they want to make, and where they're rewarded as well. You have to have recognition and celebration. It doesn't always have to be in the form of compensation, but people have to feel valued. Mm. Certainly financial upside. So Empower as a startup is able to give um, equity to every single employee who joins. So we're all in it together. We're all co-owners of a slice of the pie. And so not only do you have some wealth building for yourself and for your future generations built into that, but you're now all sort of rowing in the same direction and motivated by the same levers of success. Mm -hmm. And then lastly, I'll say, great leaders. Right? Constantly you hear that people leave bad managers, uh, not bad companies. And yes. similarly, people stay for great managers and great leaders and mentors. And we really promote a service-minded mindset amongst our leaders. So our job is to remove roadblocks, create professional development opportunities, create st- stretch opportunities for learning and development, and the rest will take care of itself.
1: Yeah. you mentioned professional development opportunities. You guys make that a part of your compensation package, right? investment in right. person.
0: That's right. So each person has an annual budget for professional development
1: mm-hmm. that
0: they and their manager determine how to use. It can be on technical skill set. It can be soft skill set, like developing you know public speaking skills, if that's important to them. We also have somebody on staff whose role is entirely to onboard new team members, as well as to uh, create professional development opportunities. So they encourage the use of that budget, but then also bring in, for example, Excel skill set or... We did a Dale Carnegie training session a few months back, and so we really try again to create those opportunities for people to participate um, in their own development.
1: Hmm. Seems to me the millennial generation insists on that clear career path, right? And and the uh, commingling of personal and professional development. Uh, whereas my generation was like, okay, you, you go to work, you get your paycheck, and then that's enough, right? <laughs> but I guess uh, my daughters, for instance, saw the impact of that on me, and the millennial generation saw that, uh, you know, with the divorce rate being high and, and various uh, downsides to that particular approach. How how do you invest in the person while also benefiting the company?
0: It's a great, great question. And I'm, I guess, considered an elder millennial. I'm just on, on the cusp there, but um, right. they're onto something, right? Yes. Like you said, we spend about 70% of our time at work. Mm-hmm. So that should be the time when we're investing in ourselves and in the company. Um we really look for people with a growth minded mindset and curiosity because then they're contributing to the growth of the company and to their own growth. Right. I think what's helpful for employees to think about is that the development of your team contributes to the development of your company and the growth and the impact, the bottom line. Um, Investing in your team is the best thing that you can do. I hate the saying, I hate when people refer to team members as assets, but (laughs) if you don't have that asset, you really don't have much of a company or much opportunity for your business to be successful
1: yeah yeah i get that right most important (laughs) assets your people right okay that's right (laughs) if you're in fintech asset means something else so i'm not sure you want to you want to necessarily mix that mix those two ingredients together Uh, you guys listen that's one thing that's very impressive to me and that's got to be one of the reasons why you wind up this year at the top of american bankers uh, best places to work list Listening seems to me really comes down to measuring your culture and you have some very key, critical and clear culture markers. How do you measure how an individual's doing in, in living out that mission and how teams, leaders and others are yeah. living it out?
0: Yeah, so From the very beginning, it was very important to us to create different channels for communication within the company. And so we do that in a couple of different ways. And then we also hold ourselves accountable for listening. So one thing that we do is that every team member has a monthly feedback session with their manager. And that's just part of our culture. Every month, you're doing 360 feedback, mm. taking notes, you're getting direction around the things that went really well, areas of opportunity, and then you're hopefully having a conversation with your manager around development opportunities and how to use that professional development budget and where you can really continue to leverage your skill set yeah. each of those feedback sessions then feeds into our semi-annual review process and so we have a mid-year review and an annual review should be no surprises you're sort of consolidating and compiling that feedback and then having some outcomes so sure. it's a nice flow from getting that feedback The other thing that we do, and we've been doing this for a very long time, is a pulse survey every single month. We ask the same set of questions and then we track our trends. And there's going to be some periods in our business where some questions are expectedly ranking lower. Um, And there's going to be some periods where we want to pay attention to things like one of the questions we ask is, have you made time for professional development? And during our busy season, that might dip, but we want to make sure that we're trending that up and and watching those numbers go up. We report the numbers out to the whole company for transparency. Uh, We split them up by team as well so that leaders can really see how they compare to the company average and then they can also see if there's any trouble or any trends happening within their own team that they need to pay attention to and the talent team helps to support that whether it's with listening sessions or additional support that that we can give as well. Yeah. Um, and then uh, the talent team, as well as our executive team, has some of the pulse survey questions as a KPI for themselves. They're evaluated on that, measured on it. Their performance review depends on it, how well the company sentiment is on various questions.
1: Mm, boy, I love that. Uh Dance almost between individual team company and then the dialogue that you've created through what sometimes gets leveled in terms of priorities, but it sounds like you've really worked well to create a collaborative environment. In the midst of that collaborative environment, I am sure that some challenges have gotten revealed in, in creating. So what, what some of the challenges you guys have found Mm -hmm. along the way?
0: Yeah, so Empower is um, so interesting. So we've been around for about eight and a half years. And for about six of those years, we've been a global company. We've had an office in India and an office in the U.S. And so one of the challenges is maintaining a strong culture while being dual-headquartered, being Mm. separated by an ocean and time zone, (laughs) while also growing significantly. So our team has been doubling over the last two years. And with that comes a challenge of simply um, making sure that that culture permeates to the new team members as well. And the challenge has been you have to give up control when you're growing at that pace, and when you have two headquarters that are really separated and have their own distinct uh, local culture, as well as wanting to adhere to sort of some of the base values that Empower holds dear. And what we found for us the best way to stay true to our culture is you know have mission be part of your hiring process. We talked about that a little bit, and then. You know, besides looking for diversity and skill set, approach, experience, all of those things are great, but you want to hold true and not compromise on some of those core values. Mm. We've definitely encountered some culture snags, and we see those sometimes in our pulse survey or in some of the feedback sessions and skip level sessions that our managers have. And we try to nip it in the bud as quickly as we can because having that spread isn't an option. It will certainly not only impact our business, but impact our customers as well.
1: Mm. So, with, with dual headquarters like that, um, the, the culture does get interpreted quite differently, right? And there are certain conscious biases that are mm-hmm. going to be here in the US that may not be in India and vice versa, as well as unconscious biases. So, so that, how, do, how do you straddle? Sounds like you're straddling two different cultural paradigms there. How do you straddle those well?
0: I think lots of communication is really the only way to do it. But for us, I think it comes a little bit easier because our customer base is incredibly global in nature as well. And so our team needs to reflect that demographic of our customer. Um, And so we're incredibly diverse in terms of background, like I said, skill set, experience in the our U.S. office as well as in our India office. And because it's been how we are since the beginning, it's part of our DNA. Wow. Um, and we use a lot of tools to help us communicate better and certainly to drive the business forward. Mm-hmm. But the biggest thing I think that we focus on is collaboration, um, collaboration across teams. There's no sort of siloing of, well, only the India team does that or only the DC right. team makes this or does this, it's very much a blended um, experience and and, um, joint accountability.
1: Mm, I love that. What are some of the keys to collaboration for you there at Empower?
0: So I think the pandemic certainly um, underscored
1: <laughs> it, some of
0: these pieces, but I'll say we weathered it, I think, better than, than some because it was part of our DNA and how we worked mm. as it is. Um, so key to our collaboration is transparency and education. So for us, uh, one piece is we have a week, all hands town hall. Uh, mm. We rotate topics by week. So one week it can be just a corporate update on how things are going the next week, um, Just yesterday, we played fun games as a whole team. Um, That was really fun. Other times, it's an update on how our marketing efforts are going or how our product is developing in the next couple of months. And so that frequent update and the ability to ask questions and raise your hand with ideas is really important. Hmm. And then we focus a lot on asynchronous work. So we're big fans of Slack and Google Docs and Google Sheets, where you can seamlessly hand things off back and forth and collaborate uh, without some of those limitations uh, we certainly try not to have those bleed into personal time because you don't want to hear slack dinging it you know all hours of the day and night and so you know there's a lot that we talk about respecting each other's time and be cognizant of, of working hours Um, mm. And then we make a point of blocking overlap time. We know we're going to have four key hours of U.S. in the morning and India in the evening of collaboration time. And so we try to focus very much on meetings and and one on ones and things that that really need joint interaction
1: Mm -hmm. And, and fitting that into people's normal rhythm. Right, so that the folks in India aren't getting (laughs) uh, slack message dings in the middle of the night. Exactly, love that. One of the things that I read about Empower is uh, that you just mentioned is this whole work-life balance. Um, I almost want to say reverence because you guys really seem to focus in on that work-life balance, and part of that is that you also incentivize your team members to do volunteer work in communities. Talk to us about that.
0: Sure. (laughs) So, you know, there's different... Phases of the year and of life where work life balance looks different as a fairly new mom. That's a challenge that, <laughs> that I personally have been dealing with this past year. Um, uh-huh. So from the beginning, we introduced um, something called check ins and checkouts. So it's daily stand ups that each team does twice a day. Mm-hmm. When you check in, you're talking about the top things that you are going to be doing to move the business forward, to move your impact forward. At the end of the day, you talk about what well, here are the challenges that I encountered, here are the wins that I had, and here's what I accomplished. And so that helps to bookend your day. And so if you need to be logging off at 5 p.m. and it's family time, then that's what it is. And you've closed out your day. If you're working a little bit later, if your hours have shifted, then that's a time to give updates. Um, And so that has helped us with some of that work life balance. There's also a recognition that it looks different, like I said, at different phases. We're a student loan company. And so student... Our students need us in August and September when their funding is due. And so that might be a busier time. And then we take advantage of the downtime as well. I hope I answered your question. I yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I lost I, track of the second part,
1: but no, you did very yeah. much so. And it does sound like there's a reverence for work-life balance. I, to your point, it's seasonal, right? Uh, both within your company, which is all hands all the time, right? In August and September, because you're you're getting those students financed where they can come in and get in the docs signed and what have you. But also, you being a new mom, you mentioned um, that's a season of life. It almost seems like the word harmony better describes this work-life conversation. And that, for me, gets back to what you said earlier about an alignment of personal purpose and company purpose. So it it all fits together in that sense of harmony. Um, how How do you encourage people that this is... For real, this is the way we roll at Empower because some companies say that, but maybe don't with integrity live up to everything it's advertised for.
0: That's so true. And it's a great question. For me, I'm very much living it now. So I log off at at 4pm every day to spend time with my son and I catch up when he goes to bed if there are things to catch up on. Mm -hmm. Our CEO recently had a baby and he took time off. He took his parental leave. He logged off and focused on his family. So you have to live the values and the benefits that you provide. We try very hard not to send emails when we go on vacation and not to check in. Mm -hmm. And those are very difficult things to do when you're invested in a, in a company, when you're invested in the mission, uh, to pull back. Um, but it shows an incredible level of trust in your team as well. And it lets them certainly, uh, shine and, and move things forward, um, as well. So it's a phenomenal professional development opportunity. That's a great way to think about it as well. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think the biggest thing is you have to live it for it to be authentic. You can't just say, well, I want my employees to do it, but I'm not going to, um, I'm going to work, you know, 16 hour days, but my employees certainly can. They're not going to take you seriously.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, it's seeing uh, these team members as human beings instead of human doings. And it also takes a long view instead of a short view, right? Uh, Which moves that whole conversation, as we were talking about earlier, away from mere compensation, but recognizing that they're intangible compensation features that are built into I want a life, <laughs> not just belonging to, uh, to the company. So, Lana Lodge is uh, the Executive Vice President of Business Operations with Empower. Um, what's a good URL, a good website for us to go to to learn more about Empower, Lana?
0: Sure. It's just www.empowerfinancing.com. That's M-P-O-W-E-R, financing. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's not like an M is in Emma. It's just the letter M. The letter M. M P Power. That's exactly M Power. Mm-hmm. Lana Work Positive Nation always wants to know from our guest. What's one thing that our listeners can do starting today to create this kind of positive work culture that you have at M Power?
0: It's gonna sound easy, but it's incredibly difficult. And that's just listen and act. Right. You have to um, honestly listen and then take the steps to act. Um, And you have to show up in that way authentically for your employees, for them to trust that when they're speaking to you, that you're taking things seriously and that they can rely on you um, to take the action that they're asking
1: you for. Mm, Yeah, that consistency. Right. And, And you're right. It sounds simple. Listen, act is it easy <laughs> depending on the culture in which you find yourself yeah. <laughs> All right. uh, i love the way empower is made listen and act to it sounds like two twin pillars of really your whole culture emphasis and so being eight years old, you've been able to do that. But for legacy companies and persons who are trying to lead within legacy companies, it's oftentimes difficult. We don't want to listen. We want to tell. And we want you to act. That's why I told you what to do, right? So uh, if you're looking to transform your culture and you want to talk more, reach out to Lana Lodge. I'm assuming that your email's there on the Empower website. Yes. It is uh, So thank you so much for your time and your wisdom today. I know I've learned a lot and I'm sure Work Positive Nation has. So uh, may Empower continue to grow. And thanks for bringing some amazing people here to the U.S.
0: Thank you very much. Thanks for your time. It was great to be with you.
1: Thank you for listening to the Work Positive Podcast with your host, executive coach and culture architect, Dr. Joey Fawcett. Please share this podcast with your friends who are small business leaders so they can create a positive work culture that increases their productivity and profits. Get your free 15-point work positive checklist to help you attract top talent and reduce team turnover. Download this checklist at workpositive.today checklist. Remember, It pays to work positive.